This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Hola, mi amigo. Hola, mi amigo. Y bienvenue do de México. México. Ciudad de México. Yes. Me llamo... Denner. Denner Greenring? Yes. ¿Y tú? We interrupt this broadcast to tell you... ¿Y tú? Me llamo Jack Shepard. Gracias. Yo estoy de Ciudad México. Okay. Para... This is the most Spanish you've talked all trip, Tanner. How do you say work? Tra uh, trabajo. Tra tra trabaja? Something like that. Yeah, that's my guess. For I don't work. speak Spanish. Yeah. ¿Y tú? E y para... No. Y me? De México. Yo? Ciudad de México. Ciudad de, de México. This isn't fun for people. Para? Para trabajo. Sí. Okay. Can we do English now? Sí. Can we? Can you explain to our English listeners, English-speaking sí. listeners, sí. and our Spanish-speaking listeners who sí. probably also didn't understand that broken Spanish, sí. what you said in English? I said, "Hello, my name is Tanner, mm -hmm. and you, and you said I'm Jack Shepard, mm -hmm. and I said thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I am in Mexico City for work, mm -hmm. and you, and I said well, I repeated it." Yeah, and you said, I am in Mexico City for work. Yep. Uh, yet again. Yet again. We've recorded, Baby Nation, we've recorded for you in Berlin. In Berlin, we've Germany. Recorded That's for in you Germany. In Tokyo. Tokyo, Japan. Yep. We've recorded for you in New York City. France. Me. In I've recorded in Paris, France. France. Yep. Austin, Texas. Yep. And now. And now, live. Live from, from Roma Norte. Roma Norte, the coolest neighborhood in Mexico City. Ciudad de Mexico. Here we are. Here we are. Live, I, face to face. I came for work and I insisted you come along. Yeah. Just and so that we could keep mm -hmm. the streak of recording our yeah. podcast, the Babysitter's Club Club, alive. Yeah. In, in other countries, alive. And we did what? Two bachelors away from their wives and children. Two bachelors away from their wives and children in a very echoey Airbnb. Exciting streets of Mexico City are want to do. If we you curled up, my voice is subdued. Curled up with a babysitter's club book. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, my voice is subdued. Now we're going to have a subdued conversation it's because it's so as not to wake the neighbors as we talk about said book, Tanner, maybe. may I? Let's not here and see that day, Mexico. I think okay, but if we if we whisper the whole time, yeah, it's gonna suck. Okay, we won't whisper the whole time, but we're gonna be mindful of our neighbors. Mindful of our neighbors. It's eight fifty one here, burning the midnight oil. Tanner, may I introduce the podcast? See, si. hi hi, and welcome to hola, the baby. Hola hola. Y bienvenue. Y bienvenudo to the Babysitters Club. Club club. I'm Jack Shepard. Me llamo Tanner Greenring. And every week, Baby Nation, we talk about a different book in the great sitter's cycle by the hand that shakes. That's right. I'm talking about the princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, stormborn soul skinner, mother of clocks, and bane to bats. She is the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind this week, Tanner and Baby Nation. We're going to be talking about a fantastic novel called... Christy in charge. What did you think? I read it. First impressions. Read it. Okay. Whole thing. Great. 
I didn't ask you what did you do with it. Yeah. I asked you what you thought of it. I know, but I did read it. Okay, good. So I don't, <laughs> you want what you want to some accolades? Yeah. Okay, congratulations. What did you think? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not what I would describe as a good clean babysitting fun uh, was, because there's essentially zero babysitting. No, there's some no. pike pike babysitting. There's some pike babysitting, and the girls in their TOT program, T O T, Teachers of Tomorrow, Teachers of Tomorrow, essentially do babysitting. The TOT program is kind of babysitting. Interesting, don't you think? It's a it's a variety of babysitting. It's, but here's the th- here's the catch. Okay, it's not good. It's bad. Not clean. No. Oh, it's, it's messy. It's not fun. It's not fun. And it barely qualifies as babysitting. Right. So, but we do have the Pike stuff. Yeah. And the Pike, Pike stuff, stuff is fun. It's good, clean babysitting fun. I guess I sh- now's as good a time to tell you as any, Tanner. I am a Suzanne man. Have been for a long time. Jack, I'm so sorry. What? I just... <sighs> what is it? Being a Suzanne man is one of the early indicators. Yeah. One of the early symptoms. Yeah, of being somebody who enjoys reading, who reads widely, uh, who reads a lot of different Listen, books. Listen, I think if you made some lifestyle changes now, you're still a young man. Yeah. If you made some lifestyle changes, I think we could probably prevent the worst of it. The worst of what? I, I, I'm a Suzanne oh, man. I enjoy oh, the... Oh, Jack, Jack, Jack. What? You start a Suzanne man, but eventually you end up you end up going completely Suze, Suzanne. <laughs> Wait, what? You end up going completely Suzanne, and before you know it, <laughs> the Suzanity has spread to your membrane. To your membrane, but it's not gonna it's not gonna pass the membrane into the brain. It could. <laughs> it can, Jack, yeah. So wait, you're telling me that just by because I'm a Suzanne man, that mm-hmm. is a sign that not only will I eventually become Suzanne in the membrane. No, you're gonna go Well, I'm not gonna say this is gonna happen. Okay. Barring lifestyle changes. Yeah. You could go completely Suzanne in the boy. <laughs> oh, no. You're talking about full-blown Wania. Full-blown Wania. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm glad you I'm glad you we caught it early, Jack. Okay. And I think as long as we're careful, yeah, about your diet, about kind of the stuff you're putting in your body, reading what I'm reading, what you're reading. Okay, well, what can I tell you what I'm reading? Wayne. Oh, oh god. What? I just nothing, What? Nothing. What did you say? I said we have to be careful about the stuff you're putting in your brain. Brain. Oh, it sounded different. It sounded like you said boing. Is there something you're not telling me? No. You, doctor, heal thyself. <laughs> <laughs> Could I ask you a question? What kind of things have you been reading? Or should I say weeding? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, read a lot of Babysitter's Club books. Okay. Uh, this week I read World of Power number <laughs> three, uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. By Pete Larangis? By No. By um, A.L. Singer. F. X9 and AL Singer. Uh-huh. Um, I read a bunch of comic books. Okay. All right. Well, then you're probably going to be fine. And you? You too? Um, and I, I just read a lot of the, the novels of Suzanne Wayne. Oh, no, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't have time to worry about this right now. We have a yeah. show to do, but I think we should have a serious conversation when the show's over. Okay. Great. Let's have a serious conversation also, Tanner, now about this wonderful Ooh. novel. Cerveza Indio. Oh, Jesus. What did you, you... It's like you can smell a segue. in Mexico. Si, por favor. Tanner took a swig of his beer, and now he's describing it. Let's have a serious conversation about this novel, Christy in Charge. Tanner. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Where do you want to start? Oh, should we start by describing the novel? No, it was a- that's boring, Jack. You know I don't <laughs> like it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is it is it potentially more interesting than you reading the label of your beer? I wasn't reading the label. I was just uh, Baby Nation hearty recommendation for Cerveza Indio next time you're in Mexico City. It is just really hitting the spot over here, Jack. And I have a hearty recommendation for this novel, Christy in Charge. Let's talk about why. You recommend this novel to people. Yes. (laughs) What if they've never read Babysitter's Club before? You still... This is a great one to dive into. You think this is a good place to start? Babysitter's Club number 122. That's exactly where I would recommend number 122. It's when the series finally, finally hits its stride. Mm, Um, Let's see what we got in the old notes. Okay. What a baby about and a criminal at the same time? That's cool. That's okay. a cool thing to say. Let's Traditionally, we describe the novel <gasps> oh, first. Oh God! Let's okay. go get tattoos right now in Mexico City that okay. say "A baby and a criminal." M dash at the same time. What is that from? Can you give me some context? This book that okay. we read. Do you not remember? A baby and a criminal at the same time. My annoyance must have been apparent because Ms. Walden shot me a hard, angry look. Get to class, she said, and walk. I walked away, feeling her cold stare digging into the back of my head. What I resented most was being treated like a baby. A baby and a criminal. At, at the, the same, same time. time. Wow. That's good. That's very good. What about I get a tattoo that says criminal. Oh, and, I and you get a tattoo baby. that says baby. <laughs> I feel like mine doesn't quite have that oomph. Wait, how many letters but wait, is criminal? But then the- C-R-I-M- C R I M I N A L. Yep. Tanner's pointing at the the knuckles of his two hands. And then mine just says baby. Oh yeah. And then we put our three hands together. Yeah. Criminal. Or if you put them, if you put oh, wait. yours in the middle and of mine, it a says baby. On mine, my right hand says and a, uh, and, and then my left hand says baby, and yours says criminal. Okay. So it's criminal and a uh, baby. Okay. At the same time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to Google tattoo and parlors. I wish you wouldn't. Mexico City. I wish you wouldn't. Our wives are going to hate this. Okay. Criminal and a baby. Criminal and a baby. At the same time. At the same time. Just seemed like a fun. And so what are you going to do when someone looks at your tattoo that says, and a baby, and I'm not around? (laughs) What are you going to say? They're like, oh, why have you written and a baby in irreversible typo tattoo ink on your typo. hand okay it's supposed to say i'm the baby gotta love me it's oh, dinosaurs it's from dinosaurs do you remember dinosaurs yeah so it's supposed to say i'm the baby gotta yeah. love me but the guy who misheard me and he said he thought i said and a baby i'm the baby wouldn't wouldn't fit on your knuckles though i'm the okay he's pointing baby. at his thumb baby nation stay tuned for the tattoos that's not the only typo. There's a typo in this novel. There's two typos in this novel. There's two typos in this novel. Yeah. One of them was, I found, fairly uninteresting. Beep. 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 Typo negative. Typo negative. Yeah. This is a segment where we talk They're about typos. Both pretty uninteresting. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine is, mine is actually probably not the actual typo, but it is uh, a, a huge glaring error made by Suzanne Wayne in the following passage. The moment Mrs. Pike left, Abby looked around the house to get an idea of where everyone was. After a few minutes, she found Claire, Margot, and Nikki lying on the floor playing a video game. Where's Vanessa, she asked. Don't know, Margot said. Something in Margot's amused expression made Abby suspicious. Nikki, do you know where Vanessa is, she asked. 
Nikki waited until Super Mario had bounced up three levels and been killed by a giant mushroom before answering, nope. Okay. Well. No, no, nope. No. They don't know where Vanessa is. I assume, Tanner, that by a giant mushroom, Suzanne means a Goomba, the mushroom warriors who betrayed the princess. Okay. Right? Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Well, so if Mario is... Super Mario could be could in be. this case, yeah. Then he wouldn't be killed, would he? By a giant mushroom, he would just become small and become regular Mario. Huh? It's just a it's just now, a here's what sloppy error. Nope. Nope. Okay. I think Su- Suzanne has has checkmated you, Jack. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think what Nikki Pike is probably playing, okay, is a Japanese import. Oh, for the Super Famicom. For, of the 1986 game, mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels. Okay. Which introduces a new mechanic right. called the Poison Mushroom. Is that true? Yeah. And it's just like a normal mushroom, except it's purple, and when Mario touches it, he's defeated. Okay. So, so eggs on my face. Yeah. Okay. So either Suzanne Wayne, a middle-aged woman... Mm-hmm. At the time of writing this book mm-hmm. in the late 90s, mm-hmm. knew nothing about Mario, mm-hmm. the Super Mario Brothers video games. Right. And just took a wild guess. Yeah. Or, unlikely, she had a very deep catalog of knowledge <laughs> when it came to the Super Mario games. Yeah. Um, and, and, and knew the, the ins and outs of even the, the most obscure Japanese imports. Right. Like Super Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels from 1986. You take your pick, Jack. Okay. Have you, I, I take it that you've already made your decision. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to Suzanne and to the Baby Nation. Yeah. I should Suzanne, also, I'm sorry we never doubted you. Yeah. It was Jack. Uh, but. I should also point out that this passage is concluded with the revelation that Nikki and Margot and Claire have handcuffed Vanessa. Yeah, it's a little dark. Put a gag over her mouth. Yeah, pretty dark. And stuffed her behind the couch. Yeah. She could have died back there. Yeah. She was back there for hours. She was like covered in urine. (laughs) She was very dehydrated. Fun. And it was all just to keep them, to keep her from from doing rhymes at them. Yeah. 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 Understandable. Tanner, should we describe this novel for the Baby Nation? Do you think so? Yeah, I really think so. There's a lot that goes on. Um, I'm thinking what we should do is I will take a run and describe. Wait, we were doing typo negative. Okay. You really want to talk about the other typos typos in this book. I felt was so happy about the way class had gone that I hurried to English, sure that Mallory's last teaching experience would also go well. I felt was so happy about how Mallory's experience had gone. Mm. I felt Mm -hmm. was so happy. Mm -hmm. It is a typo. It was in the book. I think it's our responsibility. I know the scholastic lawyers are listening. (laughs) Fix your shit. Hire a new copy editor. We also know that no typo is a mistake. Okay, well then, sus, get the meaning out of this one, Brainiac. I felt. Well, I felt could be a person. Oh, well, it's not capitalized. It's not a proper noun. I felt. Well, that would be a typo in and of itself. Right? I felt was so happy about the way so happy. Gone. There's just nothing. I felt. I felt. I was so happy. Well, you're the one who says that no typos is accidental. You said they're all intentional. I felt. Maybe she's saying she's made out of felt. <laughs> 
We'll never know. Tanner, what if we describe this novel? Yeah, fine. Okay, I'm going to describe the novel, then I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock, and I'm going to have you describe this novel, every single thing that happens in detail. Yep, that sounds good to me. Okay, why don't you sit down? I am sitting down. Okay, you're making like you're about to get up. It's, it's making me anxious. Just sit, just get that energy back into a place where it seems like you're going to stay seated while I talk. Okay, but I'm not. <laughs> why not? Because <laughs> I need a new beer. Okay, fine. I'm going to describe this novel. You get another beer quietly yeah. so it doesn't pick up on the mic. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting for you to get up so because you're going to make a fucking noise. Well, I was going to wait for you to do okay, the novel fine. recap so it covered Great. kind of the sound of me getting up. No, it's, it's more important that my novel recap sounds perfect. I'm just gonna wait. You're just going to wait. Okay, great. Thank you. The pupil has... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you don't need to be quiet when I'm not talking. When I okay, go and get the beer fucking quietly. You're not obviously not sorry, and now I just have to wait. This is great. This is great audio. Why would you? This is wasn't a good time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Can you sit quietly while I do my recap? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I actually, need to drink water. What? Go ahead. <laughs> Where are you going? You do yours, and I'm just gonna very quickly, no, very very quietly grab a drink of water. Okay, o- oboe. One beer. You one love water. that. I love that's it. your thing. I love talking about the book as well. Yeah. Go with the hurry. Okay, you go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not going to until you're back. Okay, sorry. It's gonna pick up. Baby Nation. If, if by some fucking miracle, whoever is editing this has left the last two minutes in the episode, I want to personally apologize to you as well. Sorry. <laughs> just let me read this I mean say it I say it okay. extemporaneously okay I'm back okay did you do it ready no I'm gonna begin now sorry <laughs> <laughs> the pupil has become the master and after years of study and diligent practice Kristen Amanda Thomas is finally ready to step out of the shadows and lead her people to victory But Kristen is not the only apprentice from this year's class who has risen to become a general, and her moment of glory is threatened by another ambitious recruit, Carrie Retlin, whose quick wit is as sharp as a sword, and whose charm and guile are already winning more hearts than Kristen's blunt and abrasive honesty. As Kristen and Carrie begin to turn the full weight of their abundant resources towards defeating each other instead of their common enemy, they risk losing everything that they have been fighting for. Christy, in charge. Tanner, over to you. Oh, okay. Um, You did a great job. Thank you. While you were doing that, I went in and tipped our Uber Eats driver. Okay. So we're squared away there. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. And... I need nothing, I need nothing further from you. Thank you. I, all, all I wanted to hear was that I did a great job and... That we tipped the Uber Eats driver. And that you tipped the Uber Eats driver. Yeah. Tanner, what about if you describe this novel? Mm. Nah. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy. During those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this fascinating novel. Mm. Tanner. I am excited to describe it. You know, I, I like to do this joke where it's like, I don't want to, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. so boring. I'm aware of that. Um, but this was a good book. Yeah. It was fun to read. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure... 
Yes. It's going to be fun to recap. Yes. You just did it. Was it fun? Yes, I loved it. You had a good time? I really enjoyed it once yeah. I got there. Yeah. Um, and you did such a great job. Thank you. I don't know if I said it already or not. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Great. I think my favorite part. Okay, great. I would love to hear more feedback. From your recap? Positive feedback. Well, do you want criticism? I uh, know. Like po- constructive? Positive feedback. Positive feedback. Loved it. Great. Constructive criticism? I prefer not. But... You didn't grab me, you know? Okay. I'll admit, like, my attention kind of drifted a little bit. Okay. I had to, like, I was like, oh, I tipped that Uber driver, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like. Then it was over. And then it was over. And I was like, oh, I kind of missed a lot of that. But can I suggest that you literally never even tried? What do you mean? Can I suggest the possibility that you literally didn't even attempt to pay any attention to what I was saying from the very beginning? Well, then whose fault is that, Jack? Well, we'll let the baby nation decide. (laughs) Tanner, I would like for you to describe this novel, and I would like for you to describe it within 60 seconds, which I happen to have inside this big bad clock, ready to be released into the world in the form of time. Are you ready? Let's see. I'm going to begin now. Okay. Christy is in charge in this book. It's Babysitter's Club number 122. Um, Teachers of Tomorrow. There is a program at Stony Brook Middle School where... A majority of the girls sign up for this Teachers of Tomorrow program where they spend a week teaching some of their classmates in given subjects. Christy gets gym, Stacy gets math, Mallory gets English, but Mallory, a sixth grader, has to teach a bunch of eighth graders. Uh-oh. Claudia gets something, and Abby doesn't participate, nor does Jesse, nor does Claudia. Great. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh... They it goes poorly. Christy gets paired with this bad boy called Carrie, and they get in a fight, and they cause all their students to fight at soccer. And there's a bunch of karate kids, and they do karate on one another. Meanwhile, the Pike kids are being terrorized by Vanessa, who's been uh, is teaching them poetry and holding them captive. And time mostly there. Most yeah, of it's there. The back half of it was great. Yeah, back half of it was great. Yeah, really like that. So Marianne was Marianne did it too. Marianne did it too. It was kind of unclear what she was teaching. Maybe it's talked about, but... Mm, unimportant. Unimportant. Marianne plays a very, very minor role in this novel. Most of the most of the babysitters play a very, very minor role in this. It's mostly a Christie game. Abby's in there a little bit. Mallory's in there a fair amount. Mallory, Mallory's in and there a little bit. There's a reason for that. This, this novel is very much what we call in the business a squeakquel um, to a little book called Mallory Hates Boys and Jim. My friend Jim? Nope. He the, was just here. He was actually in Ciudad de Mexico. De Mexico. Yep. Um, Alongside con us. Me, Jack Shepard. E. To. Tanner Greenery. Yeah. But he left. Yes. Great. When, I, and you know that's what, who you mean? Well, that is not who I mean, but I would like to give you a compliment on the useful color commentary you provide here. That really makes this thing sail along. Uh-huh. So... Uh, but I won't. Tanner, what I am going to do is continue talking about the fact that this novel is a squeakquel. It's a squeakquel to Mallory Hates Boys and Jim. And I think now, after all these books, what, 80 books later, I'm finally beginning to understand why Mallory Hates Boys and Jim. Because of Ms. Walden. Ms. Walden. And the boys. Oh, the boys are bad. Yeah, the boys are pretty bad. Ooh, Carrie Retlin. The new character. But is he? Is he not? Is he? Listen to this. Listen to the introduction of Carrie Retlin. Okay. A boy with dirty blonde hair 
approach the hey, sign. Wash up. your hair, Carrie. Am I right? I think it's a it's a way of describing the color of his hair. A boy with dirty. Well, actually, yeah. There's no hyphen. Yeah. Okay. A boy with dirty blonde hair. Yep. Approach the sign-up table. Well, maybe he's like lower economic status. <laughs> okay. Like maybe he has some trouble at home. Okay. So we shouldn't single it out. I just can't think, afford shampoo. I think we should be a little more generous. Okay. When we're dealing with Carrie. And what? How? Let's just let's 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 try to be sympathetic to his home situation. You know. Okay. And don't let's not say anything bad about him. Okay. A I'm going to interpolate here. Yeah. A blameless boy. Blameless boy with dirty blonde hair. No. I'm not comfortable you with you drawing attention to the cleanliness of his hair. Okay. I think he's probably doing his best. All right. He's dealing with some stuff at home. I can do this on the fly. I'm yep. going to rewrite I'm going to rewrite the master. Yep. And on the fly. Mhm. A blameless boy with hair. That's it. That's good. With hair. With hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. A blameless boy with hair approached the sign-up table. Mm. Good? Uh-huh. Carrie Retlin, I gasped. Oh, no. No? Tanner's well, giving me a side-eye. But... Oh, no. Can you imagine him as your teacher? You probably wouldn't have to do much work, Mallory observed. Oh, so you're saying because he's slightly less well-off financially, he's lazy? <laughs> Mallory? Okay. Okay. Is that what you're saying? You're saying it's his own fault that he's, he's found himself in this situation? <laughs> Do you want me to try to revise it? I just... Uh, I want to be careful. Okay. I think we're walking a fine line here. Okay. <sighs> a blameless boy with hair approached the sign-up table. Good so far. Carrie Retlin, I gasped. I exclaimed. Yeah. A blameless stated. boy with hair approached the sign-up table. Carrie Retlin, I, ex- I exclaimed. I, I would just say stated. I stated. Yeah. A blameless boy with hair approached the sign-up table. Carrie Retlin, I stated. Should I take out the O oh, no at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Just O? Kind of. Yeah, okay. O. O. A blameless boy with hair approached the sign-up table. Carrie Retlin, I stated. Oh, can you imagine him as your teacher? That's fine. It's a question. There's no, yeah. You would probably have to do the same amount of work with him as you might with... Any teacher. Any teacher. Right. Mallory observed. Carrie Retlin and the BSC have a bit of a history. Fun. Yeah. Was he in the BSC? In his cool, mellow way, Carrie has decided that it's his role in life to keep the BSC from becoming complacent and boring. That's cool. That is cool and mellow. Yeah. As if he even has a clue about what we do and how boring we are not. Is that, is that okay? Because it kind of makes it sound like he's clueless. Like he's dumb? Yeah. Yeah. Because of his situation at home. Right. Right? Yeah, let's revise that. <clears throat> because okay. of because of his situation at home. Right. We have decided not to cast any judgment on him. Okay. This is this I'm I'm trying to rewrite it on the fly here. Okay. Um and have no further have nothing further to say about him. Okay. From the top. Ready? Yeah. A blameless boy with hair approach the sign up table. Carrie Retlin, I gasped. Oh. No, I stated. Oh shit. A blameless boy with <laughs> fuck. A blameless boy with hair approaches. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just, you know what? I, I think want we can to just, do it. I think we can take it all the way back to a blameless boy with hair approaches <laughs> the table because of his status. Yeah. We have no further comment to make about him. Okay, that's great. A blameless boy with hair approached the table. Oh, I stated. I have no further comment. Yeah. That's great. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
But they have a history. They have a history. They have a history. And you know where it's from? It's from the mysteries. History and the mystery. Yeah. Fun. You know, regular old Vanessa Pike over yeah. there. I looked it up. So he is in the mystery books? He's a major character in the mystery books, and he shows up again, apparently, in the Friends Forever series. Is he like a, is he the BSC's Moriarty? I th- kind of think so. Yeah. Yes. He's the mastermind. He's a mastermind. But they can't ever quite pin him down. Oh, and he's so fucking cool. So Carrie and Christy are put together as teachers of tomorrow. Yes. And that throws Christy off. She can't fucking handle it because she's in gym. Kind of a control freak. Yeah. Not it's, my friend, Jim. Not your friend, Jim. The class. Thank you for clarifying. Yep. Um, and so Christy's trying, kind of a control freak. And this guy, Gary Retlin, he's a live wire. He's kind of cool. He's very cool. Yeah. Christy goes overboard. She does a lesson plan that first she doesn't want to do any lesson plan because right. she thinks there's no lesson plan in gym. It's gym. That fucking <laughs> goes out the window. Oh, did you fucking? Can I ask you this Ms. as Walden an aside? Man, should do it. Did you fucking die when Miss Walden was like, "Christy, I want to talk to you after class." She pulled her aside. Um, I was worried. I was definitely worried. I need to talk to you. She said, "When will you have a minute today?" Uh, before lunch, I suggested. Fine, she confirmed. See me in the phys ed office. Is everything all right? I asked anxiously. We need to talk about some things. If I had to wait until lunch to find out what this was about, I would lose my mind. Is it about yesterday? I asked. We'll talk later. I have a blanket policy. Yes. In my life as a businessman to Mm. decline any meeting Mm -hmm. that I get on my calendar that does not have an agenda. Yes. Good. Brilliant. So if I were Christy in this situation, yeah. and Ms. Walden said, and I said, Ms. Walden, what is this meeting about? Yeah. And Ms. Walden responded, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. I'd say like, oh, I will not be there. No. Apologies. Because you're going to get fired. Yeah. Apologies, when that happens, I cannot make it. When you get a, an agendaless meeting, yeah. that's... Uh, it's either you're going to get fired or the person you're talking to is too lazy to actually think about the meeting that they've planned with you, and I just... Don't have time for both of those things are awful. Yeah, in different kinds of ways. But so the thing that Miss Walden wanted to talk about, Christy is doing a better job with her lesson plan, and then she fucking goes overboard. And then the following thing happens, which I think gives us a good insight into this fucking awesome character, Carrie Retlin. Carrie, we need to talk. I said, trying to sound as businesslike as possible. I've worked up a plan for today, and oh, so have I. He said, Mm, "Good, love it. Thank you." Cutting me off. Reaching into the back pocket of his jeans, he produced a rumpled piece of lined paper. As he unfolded it, I saw his sloppy, smudged pencil writing. It looked as if he'd done this in two minutes, probably on the bus to school. I took the paper from him, and without meaning to, I must have wrinkled my nose in disgust. Carrie laughed. (laughs) It's not that revolting. I didn't blow my nose on it or anything. I love the voice you're doing for him. Thank you. I'm really feeling it. Yeah. Ew. I almost dropped the paper. Nothing would have pleased him more, though. So I ignored the comment and read. Not that there was really much to read. Have some fun. Give the kids a break from the usual torture of Jim. Let them blow off some steam. Hang loose. Play soccer like it should be played. Nothing held back. I looked up from the paper in disbelief. You're not handing this in, are you? Yeah. Fuck yeah, he is. You kidding me? (laughs) That sounds so rad. And then she says, aren't you worried about what the gym teacher will say? What's he going to do to me? Carrie scoffed. I'm not even in his class. Don't you want the extra credit? Give me a break. Like half a point is going to make any difference in my grades. Fucking awesome. Does that mean his grades are really good or really bad? 
I don't think it matters. No. He doesn't give a shit, man. It's Carrie Redland. He's so cool, Carrie Redland. Yeah. Ooh, I like him. I like his energy. Yeah. I like how laid back he is. I love his attitudes on soccer. And Christy, the attitude on soccer made me want made me want to play soccer. Play it like it's supposed like, to be played. Play it like it's supposed to be played. And also, when you're a, rec- a soccer recruiter, yeah, which I assume he grows up to be, certainly. Don't look for athletic talent. No. Don't look for build. Mm-mm. Don't look for any one quality. Yes. Except... How good the person is at karate. Yes. Which comes up in this. What you want to do is you want to populate your soccer team with karate kids. Tanner, is this a case of a thing that we have a segment for, which is called IP Freely? Is it IP Freely? I thought you were going to. I thought you were reaching way back into the catalog for American sports, 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 sports. I think it's both of those things. Is there not? Tell me if I'm wrong. So, okay, well, let me oh, first... I know what you're talking about. Let me first tell you a, a thing that happens. And Suzanne, this is why I'm a Suzanne man. And I don't give a shit if I, if I get the wania. It's worth it. This is why I'm a Suzanne man. There's a pivotal plot point in this book where Carrie and Christy decide to set aside their differences and just have it out on the soccer field. They're both teaching gym, and Christy packs her team with all of the big, beefy kids, and the bruisers and the athletic types. Yeah. And Carrie kind of happily goes along with it. Right. And his entire team is like all these like tiny scrappy, little wiry. scrappy, wiry kids. Yeah. And then shit gets out of fucking hand. And they're like brawls on the field. And the wiry kids just like totally destroy Christie's team, including via some questionable physical altercations. Kicking and punching. Kicking and <laughs> punching. And it turns out the whole team are ninjas. Yeah, they're they're um They're all in like a karate class in Stony Brook. They're like Shaolin Kung <laughs> Fu masters. Right. And is there or is there not Tanner? Remind me when this book was written? This novel Tanner was written in nineteen ninety eight by Anne M. Martin and Suzanne Wayne. Shaolin Soccer is a 2001 Hong Kong martial arts sports comedy film co-written and directed by Stephen Chow, who also stars in the lead role. A former Shaolin monk reunites his five brothers years after the master's death to apply their superhuman martial arts skills to play football. I think they mean soccer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And bring Shaolin Kung Fu to the masses. Wow. 2001, Stephen Chow. Almost exactly the plot of this novel. You'll be hearing from our attorneys. Yeah. Stephen Chow. Yeah. Over at Scholastic. Not our attorneys. You'll be hearing from Scholastic's attorneys. (laughs) They're also after us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe we should actually band together because you probably have more money than we do. Yeah. Because you directed and starred in the hit 2001 Hong Kong martial arts sports comedy film. Shaolin Soccer. Shaolin Soccer. Based on the 1998 novel Christian Charge by Suzanne Wayne and Anne M. Martin. Almost certainly. Get at us, Stephen Chow. Tanner, I would like to take a quick break and then... When we get back, I'd like to continue discussing this novel with you. Okay. What do you say? Good. You know what? You're a lot more acquiescent about taking the breaks than you are. Okay, he's gone. He's just gone. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Tanner, we are... God damn it. Who's that knocking at the door? What? Who's that knocking at the door? We just just came back from a break. and Well, you don't need to get up. I'm just kind of asking. Okay, he's got... Now he's up. You're checking the door? Yeah. I guess it's not. It's not your room door. I wonder if it's some other door. Okay. 
went and checked the door at our Airbnb here in Mexico City. I didn't see anyone there. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's another door. Wait, you, why don't you ask me? Because I think I know which door it might be. Oh, okay. Which door? Claudia's closet. We're not doing it too very quietly because we have neighbors here in this Airbnb. What's Claudia wearing this week, old Jacko? Let's talk about what Claudia was wearing this week. Did you capture it? No. Okay. Riddle me this, Tanner. If Claudia were to do the Teachers of Tomorrow program, her class would have to be art. She lives and breathes it. She even looks like art. I'm not kidding. Today, she was wearing a long-sleeved white t-shirt on which she had painted a bald man's head from a side view. All the lines were sharp, not natural at all. His nose was purple, his eyes were orange, and his skin was green. Okay. Jagged yellow lines like lightning bolts sizzled around his head. Okay. That's what Claudia was wearing this week. Okay. Who is this bald man, Tanner? He has green skin, orange eyes, and a purple nose. Yep. And, and he fires lightning from his bald head. That's right. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a mystery. I was trying to think of a character from media who might fit that description. What is that supposed to be? I asked her, a person having a great idea, she answered, as if it should have been obvious. You especially should have recognized it. Miss Idea Machine, I generally don't turn colors when I think. Why is his skin green, I asked. Why not? Why not? She replied. Plato's cave. Yeah. But so we've got a couple of issues here. Claudia knows something about a green, bald man. Mm-hmm. Though we don't know. And or she decided to paint a person having an idea on her t-shirt is that the be black black why are you singing the Pete black song well because Pete back black was in this book was he yeah you don't want to talk about this bald man anymore i mean do you have more to say about him no i could tell you were flagging and I thought I would uh, bring in Pete Black to kind of like, you know, hoist you up a little bit. <coughs> Mallory is teaching a class full of eighth graders. Okay. An English class. Yep. Amongst them. Mallory's here to teach you about a poem called The Jumblies by Edward Lear. I'm sure you'll all give her your attention and cooperation. Go ahead, Mallory. Thank you, Mrs. Simon, Mallory said as she moved into the middle of the room. I was pleased to hear her voice come out more forcefully than it had in the hall. I'm going to pass around copies of the poem for each of you. Please take one and pass the rest to the person behind you. She stepped up to Lily Carp, who sits in the first seat of the first row by the door. As she reached out to hand the stack to Lily, the papers tumbled from her hands and fell to the floor. This brought on a few giggles from the class. When Mallory bent to pick up the papers, another stack slid from her other hand. That, combined with Mallory's horrified expression, caused a lot of laughter. Mallory grabbed up the papers. By now, they were a mess. Those papers have got a bad case of the jumblies, Pete Black called out. Classic. He's a pretty good guy and didn't mean any harm by it. But Mallory blushed a deep red. Back in black. He said something cool. He said something kind of cool. Kind of cool and not mean. He made a reference to the Edward Lear poem, The Jumblies. So like smart. Which Mallory is trying to teach in class. Like pretty smart comment. Fairly smart. Yeah. Mallory. not mean. Not mean. Yeah. That's cool. I got a text here. Yep. Link. Okay. 
you want to go back to you want to go back to Claudia's closet. I'll just send you a link. Yeah, because what you found is a character with bald green head, bald orange green eyes, head. orange eyes, lightning coming out of his head. Can't, it seems like maybe could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've you found the Marvel character Vision. Yes, the android mm-hmm. who fell in love with um, Scarlet Witch from the Avengers. Yep. And you think that's who Claudia is depicted. She's just a big fan of Vision. <laughs> Either that, or she has painted a green idea man on her shirt. Don Sif. Don Sif. Vision, sorry, I said he was an, an android, but yeah. I see here on comicvine.gamespot.com slash vision uh-huh. that he is a synthesoid. Much like Tanner. Oh, I see. Claudia Kishi. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's also a synthesoid. A we suspect sentient AI created by her sister Janine Kishi, painted upon her shirt this week. Tanner is what I can only describe as a cry for help. Yeah, she knows she's something more and something less than what she appears to be. You know what else is cool that Pete Black did this week? Okay, was. Give you the opportunity to Google <laughs> and find Vision uh-huh. and kind of bring it back. Great. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Very cool. So you think she's starting to become aware? I just think she's starting to become aware. It's all, it's all starting to close down. The well, whole I have, thing. I have more bad news. Okay. Christy is talking to Abby about babysitting her siblings. Mm-hmm. David, Michael, and Karen are fun. Abby objected. And Emily Michelle is a doll. Emily Michelle is a doll. I captured this as well, Tanner, under my section on dolls. They are not even bothering no. to hide it anymore. They're still making us work for Claudia as a sentient AI synthesoid. Right. It's it's oblique. Right. But here, yes. Emily Michelle is a doll. In plain sight. Full They've sentence. described Suzanne has gone through the motions of describing all of the babysitters. Christy likes sports. Abby likes jokes. Uh, Claudia likes to dress up in weird art outfits that reference somewhat obscure Marvel characters. Uh huh. Oh, and Christy has a brother and sister, David, Michael, and Karen. They're fun. And a new sister, Emily Michelle. She's a doll. She's a doll. She's a doll. Just right there. The dolls are back. The dolls are back. The synthesoids are back. Right. It's Things, all coming together. It's, it's all, all coming together. It's all building toward this cacophony. We're well within the darkest timeline. Right. And felt so guilty. They might cancel the TOT program because of something I'd done. I was used to hearing about other kids messing up like this, but not me, says Christy. We are well within the darkest timeline. Yeah, Christy's a crime girl. Christy's a crime girl. She's going to get the TOT program closed down. Right. She broke some kid's arm. Yes. Oh, indirectly. The, the, the soccer fight, the Shaolin soccer fight goes badly. Someone goes to the hospital. A lot of kids go to the hospital. A lot of kids go to the hospital. One kid has to put his... I didn't understand this at all. A boy is being rushed to the dentist with his missing tooth in a jar filled with milk. That, what is this, this is, like ritual? Everything is spiraling out of control. It's like, it's a, it's a dream sequence almost. Just a two, it sounds like something out of a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And listen to what I've just realized, Tanner. Yeah. Please. Yeah. In the bright timeline. Starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. That begins with a novel, Christie's Great Idea, and ends with a novel, Christie's Worst Idea, which ushers in the dark timeline. I don't have time to explain it to you, Baby Nation. 
If you don't know by now, go back and listen. Yep. In the bright timeline, Christy is A, a babysitter. Yep. First and foremost. Yep. B, second and hindmost. Fine. Second most. Yep. She is not a crime girl. No. What is she here? I'll tell you what she is here. What? A baby and a criminal. A baby and a criminal, Tanner. At the same time. At the same time. It's all coming apart, Jack. We're Just, on book 122. How many of these books are there? 132? Ugh, it's, this is it. Baby. We're in the That's countdown. Right. We're in the countdown. T minus 10. T minus 10. And book number 10, Logan Likes Marianne, is when Anne trapped these girls in amber. And here we are, 10 books from the end, and that amber is starting to melt. It's starting to like crack. It's starting to crack. And, and the, it's, the beast within is working its way out. So I've got a few things that I want to talk about in relation. Now we're finally into the, the heart of the matter, Tanner. Okay. I want to talk about a few things in relation to the darkest timeline. And they all come up in the context of the poetic references that are made throughout this text. Okay. The first is something that we had forgotten that had been dormant in these novels for a long, long time until the last two or three books when they had come back in a big way. And that, Tanner, is the wandering frog people. Yep. Did you catch, Tanner, the open and obvious reference in this text to the wandering frog people? I did not. Would you care to explain to the Baby Nation very, very briefly? Wandering New Baby B is what the Wandering Frog People situation is? Wandering Frog People is a game in which uh, there are seven point billion winners mm-hmm. and a handful of losers. Mm-hmm. Key among them, myself, one Let's Jack Shepard. Dwell on it. Wherein the winners attempt to serve mm-hmm. the losers. Well, the winners attempt to serve the other winner. Everyone's playing. Right. And the winners attempt to serve the other winners with a frog-man hybrid figurine of some type. Thereby rendering them into losers. Yep. Instantaneously. Yep. Uh, and you think you that you caught a reference to the wandering I frog. I know I did. Okay. Okay. Let me read you this passage, Tanner. Yep. yep. Class was in full session as I slipped through the back door and into my seat. I had forgotten that Mallory would be teaching. She stood in front of the class, looking as pale and as miserable as she had on Monday. I'd like to recite one of my favorite poems by Emily Dickinson, one of my favorite poets, she said, in a voice so small I could hardly hear her. Talk louder, Lane Reynolds shouted. Mallory cleared her throat and raised her voice a little, but not enough to make a strong improvement. I'm nobody. Who are you? By Emily Dickinson, she said shakily. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd banish us, you know. That's pretty stupid, Cokie said. Yep. Good job, Cokie Mason. (laughs) Cokie! Mrs. Simon scolded sharply from her seat in the back of the class. It might seem silly when you first read it, Mallory said, but Emily Dickinson wasn't stupid or silly. Okay. And then... Astounding that Anne and Suzanne would have put this... Now, because they've been hiding it, right? They've been hiding this game. They've been... As we you know, they've been dotting rules for the Wandering Frog People game throughout these books. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, usually by the Pike kids who first introduced it. Uh-huh. And now it's back in this just staring you in the fucking face. Right. Uh, totally. It's right there. Yes. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. Do you want me to, do you know, you probably don't know it by heart. Do you want me to re- recite the rest of the Emily Dickinson poem to you? By heart? 
Yeah. Look me. You're going to look me right in the eyes. Nope. Right no. in the eyes. No, I'm asking whether. I'm saying to you that you probably don't know it by I heart. don't. And I no, don't either. Okay. But I can read it to you. Sure. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. Sounds stupid. <laughs> All right, Cokie Mason. They'd advertise, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public, like a frog. Tell one's name the livelong June to an admiring bog. Kind of a lazy rhyme there, yeah. Emily Dickinson. But let's not dwell on that. I don't think... Is there more? That's it. That's the whole poem. I'm not sure that what Emily Dickinson is doing is frogging. No. I think what she's doing is advertising the game. Right. Wandering frog person. And showing to us that this game has been here with us. Oh, since... At least the 19th century. 19th century. Right. Yeah, when Emily Dickinson Mm -hmm. was alive. Uh Uh-huh. How public like a frog. Maybe maybe the first instance Mm -hmm. of wandering frog person was God himself or herself casting a rain of frogs down upon Egypt. Right. When the pharaoh... Uh Uh-huh. I'm trying my best to remember the details of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah, it's one of the most famous books of the Bible, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. Yeah, the reign of frogs, the pestilence. Yeah. When the Pharaoh defied God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is fucking brilliant, Tanner. And this is, I had not thought to bring this back to a biblical reference, but of course that's what it comes from. Yeah. The reign of frogs. It's it was a, the, it was is the a, very first frogging. And it's so often the case that these things come to us in the form of what seem like innocuous like children's games. Like, you know, the children's poem, Ring Around the Roses. Yeah, it's about like cholera, right? It's thought, it's thought to have been about the Black Plague. Okay. These things kind of recur in culture. And the Wandering Frog People game obviously has this dark resonance. It's something that Emily Dickinson knew. It's something that we know from the Bible that you have brilliantly brought up. And it's coming back now, here, again and again in these books, as we reach the end, as we approach the great purging fire, Tanner, another pestilence. Fire. Fire. That is coming at the end of this. This game has a part to play. Did God do fire on the Pharaoh, too? Oh, all sorts of bad stuff. Locusts? Fire? I think so. He turned water into... He turned all the rivers into blood, right? Hey, man. You've read the Bible, right? You've heard the musical Joseph and the Technical... (laughs) Amazing Technical Dreamcoat, right? All sorts of stuff. Yeah. And June... She references June, Tanner. We know that June 10th is the day where it all goes down. Oh, sure. All the live-long June, says Emily Dickinson. Do you want to talk more about poetry? Nope. Okay. Because this book is is a lot about poetry. Right? Mallory is teaching poetry class. So is Vanessa. And Vanessa, oh, the subplot. Vanessa's teaching. She becomes this like maniacal. Like, ding dong. I wasn't going to say ding dong. I was kind of I was reaching for a more poetic word. I was going to say taskmaster. Okay. She becomes, what, you, want, you like ding dong better? No, I think, I worry that if you say taskmaster, people will confuse, people will be confused. Okay. People will mix her up with the Marvel supervillain Taskmaster. Okay, now now you can find a Marvel supervillain. When I needed you to find a fucking Marvel supervillain before... Uh, Jack. Yes? Vision is a superhero. He was okay. a fucking Avenger. Okay. You goddamn casual. <laughs> now you've got, the, you've got the Taskmaster. Yeah. 
Okay. He's got the little like skull mask. What does he do? He's got like a skull mask and he does swords. Okay. And he has like a cape. He sounds cool. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Here, I'll send you. He's a little bit like a uh, He-Man villain. God, he's so cool looking. <laughs> okay, Tanner sent me. Oh, Jesus. He looks like Skeletor. Yeah, he's Tanner a little bit like Skeletor. Very cool picture of this guy. He's called the Taskmaster. And it looks like the task that he needs to master is putting on his face in the morning. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Because he's got a very ugly, like, skeleton he's face. He's got a skeleton face. I think it's a mask. You think it's a mask? Yeah. Okay. What is his, his real name is Tony Masters. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he went with Taskmaster? Yeah. What's his thing? Affiliation, base of operations, status, occupation, education, origin, powers and abilities, photographic reflexes, limited superhuman speed, physical movement prediction, and superhuman reflexes. He's got peak physical conditioning. He's a master martial artist. He's a master tactician. He's got weapon mastery. He's a master marksman. And he's a trained Mossad operative. A lot like Vanessa Pike. A, a lot like Vanessa Pike. Yep. Right. Bring it back so to I the guess text. it's okay to call her. The I just think it would be confusing. Let's call her Ding Dong. Okay. A maniacal. Ding Dong. Ding Dong. And she, like, corrals all these fucking pike kids and forces them to learn poetry at her feet right. in imitation of the corrals. TOT. Like corrals, baby Excuse me? Nothing. Go ahead. She corrals all these pike kids. He means, he means corrals. He's oh, British. I see. You're like correcting. Him. Okay. He's British. He means corrals. She gathers all these pike kids forcibly. Like she's corralling them. Uh-huh. Yep. And teaches them poetry, but I don't want to talk about Vanessa. I want to talk about Robert Frost. Okay. Which no, is... I don't know who that... I'm not familiar with that supervillain. <laughs> he's like a he's like a he's snow. Like, he does like snow, stuff, snow powers. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he related to Emma Frost uh, from X Men? I yeah, I think almost certainly. Okay. Yeah, like a brother of Emma Frost. We'll right. say that turns people into icicles. Yep. Yep. Cool. S- super speed. Yep. Move things with his mind. Well, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. He does a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pretty powerful. Omega level. Yeah. Okay. Certainly. Almost definitely. I mean, Iceman is Omega level. And yeah. All he does is ice. Right. Robert Frost does. So Robert also... Frost does that and telekinesis. Yeah. And poetry. And poetry. Yeah. Which is what I want to talk about. Definitely Omega level. <laughs> you want to talk about the poetry part of that? Yeah. He does so much other cool stuff. Right. And you want to focus on the poetry because that's what Anne focuses on in okay. this novel. Okay. I'm going to teach this one. Mallory announced, stopping by woods on a snowy evening. By Robert Frost. You know this poem. We all know this poem. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. And miles to go before I sleep. As Mallory points out, Tanner, in this novel, mm-hmm. and I'll read you the passage, when it's after Cokie Mason says some fucking shitty, interrupting bullshit to her while she's trying to talk about Robert she's Frost. like talking about, like, oh, well. Mm. Is it Emma Frost? Frost? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mallory's face reddened, but she kept going. Indirectly, she addressed Cokie's comment. There's more to this poem than you might think. In Robert Frost's poetry, the woods often stand tanner for death. I don't want them to die. My God, these books are getting dark. Tanner. Jack. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. You okay? Seems like you're kind of hyperventilating. I'm just getting my lungs ready. Okay. Bear in mind that we have neighbors here, Thin Walls, Airbnb, Mexico City. We won't be able to explain to them 
that we're just recording a very wholesome podcast about a series of books for uh, teen girls in the 80s and 90s. That one of our coworkers explained today did not make it down here to Mexico. Yeah. No, not a hit out here. You're asking me whether I had a burn of the week. Que madura de la semana. That sounds great. Yeah. Jack, did you have a quemadora de la semana? Hey, yeah. Jeez. Oh, there's so many. Can I can I lead at least? I want okay, I want to tell you this burn. Oh, there's so many. There's, there's so many. So many. Suzanne Wayne just went for it. I she have, was like I have five. She knew that she doesn't have too many more books left before this all ends in fire. And she yeah. was like, I'm gonna put some some of my own fire yeah. in this book. <laughs> I've got a burn here on Robert Frost. Since okay. we were just talking about Robert Frost. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is also the typo negative. Which one? But I assume we're going to cut that. But I said that. <laughs> so here we go. This is also the... Baby Nation, we cut it, but earlier we did a typo negative. <laughs> and it wasn't anything. Which is why we cut it. I felt was so happy about the way class had gone that I hurried to English, sure that Mallory's last teaching experience would also go well. When I got there, Mallory was passing out copies of the Robert Frost poem. Oh, please, Cokie Mason sneered. This is about some old geezer standing in the woods with his horse. Why doesn't he go home already? <laughs> I like I like Cokie's I like Cokie attitude Mason. this week. It's a, a pretty biting piece of yeah. literary criticism. Yeah, just go home, idiot. You've got miles to go before you sleep. Why don't you turn around and go home? Yeah, take a nap. Take Come a back fucking out tomorrow. nap. Yeah. Get up a little earlier next The horse time. doesn't give a shit. Half the poem is him like wondering like what his horse thinks. He stops at a he stops at like at a random place. Yeah. And looks at the woods. Yeah. And he's like, I wonder what the horse thinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, This shit is this is fucking crazy. Like, the horse probably thinks that I would want to keep going. Yeah. But I stopped, and I'm looking at the woods. Yeah. I wonder what the horse thinks. Yeah. The horse is probably like, I don't know, man. Let's just go home. Let's just go home. Let's just go home. Right. My burn of the week is also about poetry. Okay. I want to write a poem about soccer, Nikki said. Vanessa stopped to consider this, then shook her head. No. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Well, what rhymes with soccer, Vanessa asked. Mock her. Jessie volunteered from the bottom of the stairs. Then she ran upstairs to check on Jordan, who was fast asleep. Jordan is sick. When Mallory plays soccer, all the kids mock her, Nikki suggested. They do not, Claire disagreed, scowling at Nikki. Eh. <laughs> She's not a very good player, <laughs> Margot said, in the interest of accuracy. <laughs> and that's why Mallory hates boys. And, and Jim. Jim. Not my friend Jim. Not your friend Jim, as Although, far as we know. They've, they've never met. Probably wouldn't get along. Yeah. Uh, very good, Tanner. Are we winding down here? Is it maybe time to get the fuck out of here? Sure. Okay. I guess I'll say thank you for bearing with me, but it doesn't really feel like you bore with me much in this episode. Mejamo Tanner Green Ring. Okay. E. Adios. Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with Tanner. I won't apologize for myself. Please do us a favor and rate and review our show on iTunes. It means the world to us, and it helps us to rise through the rankings. And. Buy our merch, bit.ly slash bscc merch. It's designed by the effervescent <laughs> baby b john at fox the devil on Twitter. Um, there are two really great T-shirts: a B theory shirt and a bread theory shirt. They and two are two really great pins that are both selling equally well. At last, oh, is that true? Yeah, 
Baby Nation by the I Jack Shepard pin as and the and I'm Tanner Greenwing pin as a vote for parallel construction, which we all love. Baby Nation, please share this podcast with a friend or not, but do or not up to you. We're not here to tell you what to do, but we're not your mothers. Do share this podcast with a friend. I feel like you're just kind of contradicting it. I just don't want to tell them what to do. Okay. Well, but we are, this is the part of the podcast where we ask them. If you have to do, to do one thing, yeah. buy the merch. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're waiting for that order to go through, rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. And then next time share you see a friend, them. share the podcast. Baby Nation. This week we read a book that was called Christy in Charge. Next week we're reading a book called Claudia's Big Party. Mm. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. As long as Claudia can get it together to invite everyone in the BSC to the party. Oh, right. Yeah. Was that Claudia? No, it was Stacy. It was Stacy? Mm, yeah, yes, because it was all of the bad, it was the crime. Oh, it was girls. the crime girls. She only invited she Claudia. She only invited Claudia. Right. All right, so I think so Claudia's not going to make it. Claudia's, Claudia's got a big tent party. Yeah. She's going to invite everybody. Yep. Carrie Retlin will be there. I hope. Brew Doggy. Yeah. Ethan. Pete Black. Pete Black. We're only naming boys. Koki Mason. Uh, Mallory. Pike. Pike. Mad- Madame Noel. Robert and Emma Frost. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Robert Nation. Robert Frost and his sister, Emma Frost. Yes. Yep. Baby Nation, this week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. And have been this week. Baby Nation, we're signing off from Mexico City. See. But before we do... I'd like to remind you to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Baby Nation, remember the Delaney's. I don't, I don't have anything anymore. Tanner. Ben Hobart's back. But you tend to remind the Baby Nation during this outro to remember the Alamo. <laughs> Baby Nation, remember the Alamo and also the Trip Man. Take your dream horse. Through that maze, Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. invented. That's cool when I say it along with you. I don't love that. Especially when we're in the same room. Don't like it. Because then you can't cut it. Great. Very cool. Good night. Hasta pronto. I want to draw your attention to the fact that they finished the fucking club notebook. All right, they needed to get a new one. You want to say that without (sighs) acting like you couldn't fucking care less about what we're doing here? Oh, right, they needed to get a new one. Say no. No, 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 no. Take another run at it. Try Try to put some enthusiasm in there. Oh, right, they needed to get a new one. Okay. It sounds forced. It's going to sound forced, isn't yeah. it? Baby Nation, if that sounded forced, it was because I yawned through the first time <laughs> I said it. Jack made me re record. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>